Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. Hello again, fellow basement dwellers. It's your good friend Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you into another edition of Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. I am as always, joined by the rest of the bandwagon. That's right. I have all three of them here with me. We've got the Reverend Ray Cash. We've got the lawyer, David Ungar, in the live studio audience himself, PC Tunney. Gentlemen, welcome back to the bandwagon. I am in a much better place this week. I, I've made some peace. 
Although I do have to admit that I'm still so despondent about my beloved Illini losing that I couldn't listen to the three-man weave Sweet 16 edition of Chair Shot Radio. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I just, it hurts so. It just hurts. But I persevere. I persevere. I move on. And yeah, we've got quite the docket now that the 90s project is over. Um, you would think that maybe we didn't have you know as big of a show, but looking at looking at what we got, we got a ton to talk about. We've got the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, a trailer that dropped today, some casting news, and even gentlemen, we're gonna return to the Snyderverse. Gentlemen, Ray, we, we the got look on Ray's breaking, face is epic. Some breaking news that happened overnight, Saturday night into Sunday morning, that we are going to talk about today that none of you know about. Dun, dun, dun. I know how exciting is that? How's how excited is that? Nothing but before like we get to on the that, fly, guys. No, no, I think you guys will have plenty of feedback. It'll be perfectly, it'll be perfectly. We got all kinds of stuff. Uh, and but before we get to any of all that other stuff, let's get to the Marvel stuff. Let's get it kicked off in style. Can I can Talk I can I oh, share a story oh, with you guys? Because you guys are nerds. Absolutely. You will appreciate this. So, you know, I got these puppies back in December. And anybody who's had puppies know they eat everything. Puppies? So, puppies. Cherry so, puppies. Not those kind of puppies. So oh. I, downstairs in the game room that I have, which is really like a nerd, a tribute to nerd culture. I've got a bunch of Star Wars little mini figurines, right? Oh, so one of the puppies grabbed Greedo. And I didn't realize that he'd gotten the Greedo figure until like early this morning. So the puppies have actually solved the decades old debate as to who shot first, Greedo or Han, Han, because they ate Greedo's arm that was holding the gun. Therefore, Han had to shoot first. <laughs> Problem, solved. Well. Problem solved. That's that. It's good to it's good to have some closure on that issue. Yes, exactly. So I'm I'm very pleased. All right, Ray, Ray, you got anything? Rev, Rev, you got anything before uh, music? I mean, you want you? I'm just no. I, I told you guys literally Friday. I couldn't wait till Monday or Sunday. Well, recording day. So yeah, we record on Sunday. There's no mystery here. We we tell everybody like it's yeah. This show drops on Monday, but we recorded on Sunday, and that's totally okay. Okay, you know we're well. We're 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 K Fame Network, so you know. I'm not a kid. Whatever. Kayfabe is dead. That's and I and I'm okay with it. So, all right. I got the throat slash from Tunny that that tells me that he has nothing to say this morning to to or this afternoon. So we're gonna jump right to. Let's play a little Marvel music and then talk some Captain. Damn it! I do it every time. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> I suck at that every single time. Dun, 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 dun. And for the record, it's Black Falcon, apparently, to the little kid in Baltimore. Oh, the Black Falcon. Yeah, that was hilarious. Okay, so I got a text from Greg DeMarco because he's actually watching the you know, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And outside of the pro- uh, outside of the fact that it bothers him that the, the article The is in front of Falcon, he just wants to call Sam Falcon as opposed to The Falcon, which I just give give respect to the proper noun. He he started commenting about 
the, you know, our good friend, John Walker, not the alcohol, but the new quote unquote, new captain America. We learn, you know, most of this episode is learning a lot about John Walker. And my response when he was like, the new captain America is a phony or something like that was, Oh, he's kind of a dick. And that's, that's basically what John Walker is in the comics too. He's kind of a dick. And I will open with that salvo. We got a bigger window into John Walker. We're going to start with that as the lead in here. So panel reactions, and we'll start with Tunny, who has been silent so far. Your reaction to Mr. John Walker and his character development here on this week's episode. Yeah, I mean, you get to see in the beginning where he's coming from, what he's done, who you know, the people that supported him so far. And he seems like he's just been that guy that's been successful at everything he's done. Now, the problem with that is obviously you don't know until you know, and this, there's some things they just won't know until they know. And you can obviously see the Falcon and, and the Winter Soldier both. They know, and they know what they don't know. And so unfortunately, that's kind of where we're going through right now. I think it's interesting. It's going to be a very interesting trek through this and see how much character development we actually get. Or is he just going to continue to be a dickhole the entire time? Nice. Mr. Cash, care to continue? Yes, I, I think the episode really kind of delved into the beauty of the John Walker character and the Captain America character in general. Because as uh, Dr. Erskine said, what made Steve Captain America wasn't the super soldier serum. It was who he was as a person. Everything about John Walker is worthy of Captain America, except for who he is as a person. Physically, he's there. Mentally, he's there. Ta- tactically, he's there. But he's not the human built who's built for Captain America. Uh, so I think the show kind of showed that. Uh, this episode kind of showed that delving into who he was and how quickly he not only kind of took to the celebrity side of Captain America, but started flexing his muscle a little bit on kind of doing things and flipped on Bucky and, and uh, flipped on Bucky and Sam real quick. And, Have you ever uh, jumped on a grenade before? Well, yeah, actually, I have. It's the whole thing I do with my helmet. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I I think it's cool. One thing I don't think we mentioned was seeing where Homeboy come from. Homeboy seemed like he grew up around a whole bunch of hood kids. Because that is an all-black high school. Yep. This is in a show that's really delving deeply into race and culture and uh, how that affects the, the world post-blip and superheroes in general. I thought that was a really cool little tidbit that they're in there. So we'll talk about that more as we go on further. I'm sure, Dave, your John Walker reactions. Largely very similar to Ray's. I think that he's hit on the big thing with John Walker, that th- that this series, I-, I love the first episode. I The second one I loved even more because now we're getting into the whole notion of, of what is Captain America. Captain America is like not so much a man as a concept and a principle and, and what that character stands for. And Ray hit it exactly on the head that it's not about the super soldier serum because now we see that that's everywhere. We don't know how, right. but it's everywhere. And, and, and yeah, I mean, what made Steve Rogers so magnificent was his heart. Like the doctor told him. So I, I think this series is really moving in the direction of setting us up to decide or to determine 
this is Captain America. This is what Captain America stands for. Now, who of all these players is going to be deemed most worthy of taking that mantle? Because it's obviously not going to be John Walker, no matter what the government wants to make out of him. Because, yeah, he's a douche nozzle to steal from Ray Cash in a previous iteration of things we've done. Uh, and and that's that's what he's all about. So fascinating character, fascinating dynamics between uh, Sam and Bucky and John Walker and uh, his right hand man. I forget his name, uh, but it's, it's Battlestar. Yeah, Battlestar. So it's really I, I mean, I love what they're doing with this series because they are bringing in similar to WandaVision, bringing in various elements of, you know, stuff that we've read in the comics that now they're injecting into the storyline and probably going to take the, put a whole new fresh paint, fresh coat of paint on it. The thing that I find the most intriguing about John Walker is that there is a little bit of conflict between the public persona that he's put forward in front of others and where he is by himself. The, that moment in the locker room when he's talking to his wife before his buddy tags in and you can still see that, yeah, he's got all these accolades and accomplishments, but right now, it looks like he's trying so hard to be what he thinks Captain America should be, even when there's a misstep. Like, Captain America wouldn't do an interview on Good Morning America high-fiving band members. You know what I mean? Like in a marching band. Like, Captain America just wouldn't do that. Good morning, America. Right. Uh, uh, it, was, it was so painful. And yet, you see it. He's trying too hard. And... Yeah, his even his persona in action, like when he's jumping into that battle where Sam and Bucky are chasing down the semis and going after the Flag Smashers, and they, he he's like, it looks like you guys could use some help. He, he's very, he's very cheesy. And then, yeah, he's, yeah, and then he, he's he's fake, right? Like that's why he's an asshole because he's fake, and that that veneer cracks. When Sam and Bucky are like, no, we're not going to work with you. We're going to go our own separate way and try to figure this thing out. We're not going to work together. Stay out of my way then. But right. But he said like you're you hit a hit on it, Pat. He says things and he does things that Steve Rogers would never say. Steve would never say you guys were getting your ass kicked until we showed up. Did Steve Rogers character Captain America ever say anything close to that the entire time we saw him? So you've got John Walker who has. Yeah, I mean, like, and you're right. In that locker room scene, there's almost a little bit of self-doubt there. Can I do this? Can I fill these shoes? And then he t- goes 180 and tries to act like an asswad to prove that, yeah, I can fill these shoes. Because like you guys are saying, this is he thinks this is what Captain America is all about. Ruling and, 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 and being exceptional in every possible way and rubbing people's faces in it. And that's not what Captain America is all about. But... It is true to the John Walker in the comics. So so let's transition to the other big character development piece that was this episode, and that's Sam and Bucky. So we got the interaction with the two of them in front of the therapist that we saw in the trailers. We got more of that, not just the staring contest. And we got Bucky laying out what's really bothering him about Sam. And his disappointment in Sam, really, if if I were to if I were to label it, but I'm just I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts because it's clear that they they they're they're going to have some shit they're going to have to work through here to figure this out, and that Bucky resents Sam. Sam clearly 
is, you know, feeling the weight again of who should be or who is worthy of being Captain America or taking on that mantle. And a little bit of what I see out of Sam is that Sam's got a little bit of imposter syndrome going on there. Like he doesn't feel like he should be the guy. And, and that's, that's where his decision and feeling like he has to defend it is then causing friction with him and Bucky Ray. What do you think? How do, where, where do you see this? Well, uh, I want to take it from both characters. From Sam's perspective, you're absolutely right. It's imposter syndrome, but it's the opposite of John Walker. Because Sam may not be physically as, I mean, he, don't get me wrong, he has the wings and he's peak human shape, but like he's not John Walker. You know, like, so all of the things that John Walker brings to the table as, as a, from a physical standpoint, Sam may not have, but he has the heart, he has the care, he has the personality. And I think Sam is thinking, well, I didn't have all that other stuff, and Steve did. I could never live in his shoes. I'm not worthy of this, when the entire reason he was worthy was because of who he is as a person, and Steve tried to tell him that. So that's a great point there. On the Bucky side, Bucky has had the two most poignant statements of this entire show on both episodes. The first episode where he said, I've been going from fight to, from fight, to fight to fight for 90 years. I've never had a break. I don't know how to do this. And in this episode, when he said that you gave up the shield, Steve gave you the shield. And if you gave up the shield, that maybe mean that Steve was wrong about you. And if he was wrong about you. He was wrong about me. We have never delved into the, the trauma that must be in this man's mind. I'm not just talking about the Hydra years. He died. He essentially died. He fell hundreds of feet to what he thought was certain death. And he's never been able to deal with that. Steve had time once he came out the ice and after a couple of fights to kind of come to grips with who he was as a human being. He got a chance to live life, right? In Winter Soldier, we see he got an apartment. That's the reason he met Falcon was because they were running buddies. But he's never got a chance to do all that. So it's really, and I love that they use the guise of the psychiatrist in therapy to explore this man's mind and his psyche and his fragile psyche and the dynamic of the two characters. So it's only going to get so much more deeper in. And even the, the allusion to what Bucky says they have to do to figure out what's going on next at the end of the episode is more of his mental strength because the last time he met dude, we know what happened. Dave. Well, I, I want to add, I mean, are we going to, can can we talk about Isaiah Bradley yet? Because it ties directly into what Ray's talking about. Because, sure, we can go there. Because I had him as a topic on his own, but yeah, go ahead. I mean, I'll try and blend this together. So, I, I mean, I assume all of us here know the Isaiah Bradley story. I mean, it's not one of the more common ones out there. I don't know if you guys read Truth, Red, White, and Black. It's a whole eight. No, I, I, yeah, I, I was like, I, I know I'm familiar. I know Ray is definitely familiar. Tony, I, I'm going to assume that you're not the comic reader that the two, the three of us are. And so a little bit of background on Isaiah Bradley might not hurt. Sure. So Isaiah Bradley, they had a alternate kind of storyline involving Captain America, which it's it's alternate, but it's parallel to what's going on with Steve in that when they were first developing the super soldier serum, 
they tested this out on black infantrymen of the United States military. 95% of them died from the serum. Mm -hmm. Uh, Out of the 5% that remained, most of them, if not all of them, were really fucked up, deformed, mentally unstable. Isaiah Bradley was the only one who kind of came, and I say kind of came out of that okay, similar to what Captain America was. And, and, And he... Later on, develops you know he it, it takes a toll on him mentally. Steve never knew about his existence until the very end of that run of comics. Steve never knew about his existence, and here you've got Bucky saying, "I never told Steve about him." So I'm wondering when when he when when Bucky is expressing his disappointment in Sam, it's like not only did you let Steve down, but you let Isaiah down, and and Sam's like doesn't even know who this guy is. But you know when he takes it, it's like why does Bucky take Sam to Isaiah? Other than to say, there's a whole generation of black men who got fucked over by this stuff that's loose in the streets right now. Here's one of your, you know, here's somebody right here. You have a bigger obligation than you even understand, which I don't know if that's the message you're trying to send. But it seemed to me like he was trying to say, look, man, there's something bigger at play here. And I, you know, I thought that was an excellent part of the story. If they're bringing Isaiah Bradley into this whole thing, then it's going to get a much deeper into this thing because I think Ray touched on it. There, there are not racial overtones, but there is the element of race involved here in the disparity and what's happened to, you know, certain. Oh, people. no, there, there's definitely, there's definitely racial overtones. Right. There's that. De- it's definitely about race. Like it's not even trying to hide it. Right after they leave Isaiah Bradley's house. And I really want to get into Isaiah Bradley after Tony talks, the cops pull over Sam because he's black yep. arguing yep. with, 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 um, Bucky, and, and then, then they, they have to the whisper in his ear, "Oh shit, that's you can't." He's a good black guy because he's a superhero, right? Right. Like, but he can't the, get alone. It is he can't get alone. He can't get alone. He almost gets arrested in the middle of the street because he's arguing with a white dude, and they immediately come and say, "Sir, are you okay?" Talking to the guy with the metal arm. That's what they're trying to look out for, right? The, the um, guy they have to arrest in the first place at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. If you if you don't mind, Tony, because I, I want to give it to you, but I, Isaiah Bradley is such a huge character and probably is one of the most important people in Marvel lore. You spoke about it beautifully, Dave, but I want to give a little more context. For those of you who don't know, and this is important in, in American history, is during the World Wars and, and, the, and earlier times when Black people were still considered second-hand citizens, but were forced to fight for this country in wars. What they what they did with Isaiah Bradley and the other black people in the comics was directly derived from a real life the Tuskegee experiment where they would put syphilis into black uh, into black soldiers and sterilize them, testing them for various things. And they did it because they could. And the story of Isaiah Bradley isn't just that they gave him superpowers. It's that they gave him and the other four people who survived out of the 95% who died. They all got the super soldier serum that worked. They threw them into literally suicide squad missions were to task force X. And the, the reason that Isaiah Bradley is known as the black captain America is because there was supposed to be one, excuse me, one uh, mission where he backed up Steve. Steve couldn't make it. He stole the, the Captain America uh, uniform went and did the unthinkable and won the mission or whatever he had to do. But then he got captured, was saved by German uh, 
um, resistance soldiers. And then when he got back home, was arrested for 30 years because he stole the damn costume. All he's done for them and for the country, but he got arrested and was in 30 years and was experimented on while he was while he was arrested. So the story of this man and then thinking about Sam, who has to live with, who was given this by this legendary human being who never knew Isaiah and then has to live with already the strain or the, the, the ideology of, well, am I worthy? Should I have had it? Well, now I can't even make that decision no more. I love what it said at the beginning. Should I call America and tell him I changed my mind? Like, you know, things like that. And then now knowing that there's a legacy for this, you know, we talk a lot about um, representation on the show and in our personal lives and in general, because a lot of people don't think or feel like you can do something if you've never seen somebody that looks like you do it. My entire life, I never thought we could have a black president because it never happened. Now, well, cross it off the list, right? And as silly as that sounds, it's a real thing for children. And so Sam, who grew up not with a lot of money, because you saw the backstory in season one, episode one, went to the military to make something of his life and all the things that's happened. Had he known that there was precedence for this? You know, how many black people did he see in the military or as heroes doing what he tried to do? Not many. It was him and I and him. It was him and War Machine until they found the Black Panther, you know? So the Isaiah Bradley story is so beautiful. And then uh, I know it's, I know I'm really jumping the gun here, but the biggest Easter egg was his grandson. Eli, yeah, why are you taking my thunder from me? Let I'm others done. talk. I'm no, I'm just I'm kidding. Done. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just done. kidding. I'm just kidding. No, it's totally fine. Yeah, that was. That's definitely we've talked about young Avengers a lot. Like Eli Bradley is the he's known as the uh, the Patriot and becomes uh, one of the founding members of the Young Avengers, along with Kate Bishop, who we know we're already getting. We know that I think that we're pretty certain that stature is going to show up with Cassie Lang. So they're they're building. What's that? Kamala Khan. Yeah, she's not one of the original Young Avengers, but she. No, sure. she but um, but I think you you're also you've also gotten Wiccan, and Teddy, or uh, not Teddy Ironheart. Uh, who was Ironheart? Riri Williams, and I know I know I'm th- I'm talking more newer stuff, but I'm just talking about people we know in the MCU that are of right, that right. age that will I'm, be a part I, of the I, team. The one the ones that I'm so have they introduced Riri yet though? Has she shown up in a in an MCU show? He has not, but her show comes out next year. She's announced, but she hasn't appeared yet. Same thing wow. with uh, Kamala uh, Khan. Kamala Harris. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Vice President slash... Uh, the Bureau. <laughs> so, uh, the only one that they haven't introduced yet is Teddy. The Scroll Hulkling character. Uh, and he, I, I would assume, will come along eventually because he and Wiccan were a couple. So we'll um, we'll definitely, I think, see Teddy come along. Maybe in Captain Marvel too. Who knows? Um, we'll we'll have to wait and find out. But yeah, no, I was totally waiting for you to bring up Eli, the the young the young man who answers the door and is. Kind of carrying a, a bit of that resentment as well that the character has in the comics. 
So it'll be interesting to see if that's just an Easter egg or if that's something that actually pans out down the road in other MCU stuff. His story, by the way, very interesting. Speaking of um, characters that have problems, because he grows addicted to a, uh, a, it's MGH or something like that is what it's called. It's like mutant growth hormone or something like that, but it gives you powers, uh, but at a, at a price. So, very, very interesting little bit. The other question I wanted to ask, uh, it comes in regards to the Flag Smashers. Who sent the text? So, do y'all remember the text I'm talking about? I do not. So, when they escape, Falcon, uh, Bucky, uh, U.S. agent, and what's his name, they go to a safe house. And the woman who has been, who's kind of the de facto leader, receives text messages. And the text is, the first text is, I know what you did, and you're going to pay. It's it's, it's more emphatic than that. I'm going to kill you. (laughs) It's the power broker. It's the power broker. Who who is the power broker? We don't know who he is, but remember when they're they're loading up the uh, the plane? men are on the way. And they're like, the power... Yeah, well, it's because he's coming to get him. Because uh, assumptions here, assumptions. All of the all of the flag smashers are the main eight or however many. So it is all stole the super serum because they all got super soldier ability. But stole it from the power broker. Either they stole it or they had a deal that they broke. Now he's after them. Any speculation as to who the power broker could be? It's not Zemo because they're yeah. on their way to see him. I, I I don't think it's somebody that's already existing. Think it's a brand new character? Yeah. Hmm. Brand new character is in new to the show and new to the MCU entirely and not in a comic book or no, just 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 new to the MCU. Um, because I mean what they were like two or three in the comics, two or three power brokers in the comics. So okay. it could be someone I mean, the whole flag smasher thing it's was not... was a dude and they gender they gender swapped it to make it Carly, right? So they can play with these characters. So I'm sure it's somebody that exists. But we haven't seen them before. I don't think it's like Thunderbolt Ross or Obadiah Stane or nothing. I just think it's, it's a random It's the Red Hood. It's, it's the Red Hood. That's what it is. I conform here, right? So, <laughs> the Red Hood. I've heard two different things. Curtis Jackson. <laughs> okay. Or Helmet Zemo. But Zemo's, I mean, he, Zemo's already in prison and they're going to see him. Oh, so. Dave, Dave. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to just be a real nerd here for a second, Dave, and, and just recognize... Name a supervillain that's really under control when they're in prison. Name one. I can't name any. Exactly. You know better, sir. It could absolutely be Zemo. It could absolutely. Because you know that, that whoever, it, really, whoever it is is probably working with John Walker as well. Maybe. I don't know about that. but So here's the thing is John Walker's a dick, but he's never truly like he's just kind of inadequate for the role he's given he's not really a bad guy he's not but he believes he believes in what he's doing he believes he is captain america he believes he's doing the virtuous thing he's never a bad guy he's just a shitty version of captain america except for i mean i did like that he whipped out a pistol because that was always one of the things that's how you just like that's the other thing that was different like cap never used a pistol like that and if i can if i can if i can really delve into into like the madness because last week I told y'all two Easter eggs, all the Easter eggs, and two of them popped up in this episode. So point cash. 
I could really delve deep into this in the history of the comics and even in the Netflix series, the, the character Nuke, right? The character Nuke was a guy that had super soldier serum that caused him to go crazy. And we saw that in Jessica Jones with that dude, right? And there is a, there, of course, there's super soldier serum, every, serum everywhere. How do we know John Walker really is this naturally gifted? What if he didn't take something to try to enhance himself too? Oh, he's absolutely under the under the enhancement of something. Like he's totally been hit with something. Like that's that's no. So why can't it be the same as the flag smash? By by the way, congratulations on getting a couple of Easter eggs pointed out. Good for you. As I said in our chat, volume shooters hit every now and again. Shoot there shoot, bro. We so we next week we will already be at the midway point of this series. So this one is moving right along. But I think that's where we're going to leave it for now. A lot of questions still yet to be answered, and I can't wait to see them develop. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we are going to go delve into the DC universe, talk about a trailer that dropped, and a couple of bits of casting news. So you're listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome. To the greatest sports entertainment spectacular of all time, welcome to WrestleMania! Hey folks, PC Tony here. Make sure you're checking out Mania Madness every Friday afternoon on thechairshot.com. Christopher Platt and a rotating list of guests go through every WrestleMania one six-pack at a time. Check it out every Friday only on the Chairshot Radio Network. And we are back. Gentlemen, I still don't have a DC Comics, DC Universe music bit yet. So uh, I'm sorry. We're just going to have to dive right into it. Just play um, that, uh, that, that Wonder Woman uh, Amazon theme song that pops up every time she shows up on screen. That's because it's a dope theme song. Like, you can't, you can't argue that that's not a dope theme song. But we're not here to talk about Wonder Woman. We're here to talk about the suicide squad because the red band trailer dropped this week on thursday and i don't know about you guys i watched it four times how many times did you watch the suicide trailer tony fail one fail fail dave dave how many times did you watch it twice double fail ray really did we really just go one two three around the fucking table Legitimately, yes. Listen, I'm the only one who put the funny dick line in the in their post commentary, though. Come on, no. Who would put dicks all over the beach? I don't understand. Okay, so there's a lot happening in this trailer. The dicks all over the beach joke. I would eat a dick for freedom. I'd eat every dick for freedom. Notwithstanding, by the way, John Cena, a treasure in that trailer. I thought he was a definite highlight and can absolutely see why he got his own spinoff show out of this because he was hilarious. Idris Elba, front and center, also awesome. And then I, I got to say, I'm going to get his name wrong because I'm not the DC guy, but Shark King Man, Shark Guy, Shark what? King Shark. King, King Shark. Shark. King Shark. King dude, Shark that, is that, a shark. King, King Shark. That dude was Land, fucking awesome. Land Shark it's, from Saturday Night Live. Land Shark. 
it's kind of a shitty interpretation of it because what I see from it, they play him as stupid and, and very ignorant and slow, whereas in a lot of the interpretations I've seen, it's not like that at all. It's a very vicious character. Now, whether or not something's happened to the trailer, like, that's all I well, need. I've seen many different episodes with him in, in different comic book things, and it's just, I don't like the way that they're portraying him, unless that's what they did to his character. They, they for the record, a lot of, in recent times, you have Harley Quinn to blame for that, because the Harley Quinn series, Ron Funches plays uh, King Shark, and he is, he is like a, an aloof genius who is socially inept. And so I feel like a lot of that is played in this. By the way, you know who the body double for King Shark is? Yes, I do. Dave, Tony, do you? No. Sylvester Please. Stallone. What? It is. And news broke right after the trailer dropped that Stallone is the body, uh, the body actor for King Shark. Voice. No, he's not the voice. Somebody he's else. Not is the voice? No, he's not. Uh, I'll pull up the article. Because uh, it's somebody else that's relatively known. But while I do that, Tony, why don't you react to the trailer since you only watched it once? We'll go in order of number of viewings. So Tony 1, Dave 2, Ray 3. I I enjoyed it. I can't wait to watch the movie. Everybody looks to be cast in a pretty pretty decent uh, way uh, as far as um, the actors. I, like you said, John Cena looks phenomenal. Um Idris Elba in there. I, I'm interested to see how well Pete Davidson does here in, in this DC universe. Right. But I, I think it'll be good. I, I you know, I, I, would, I wouldn't mind if if DC did. I mean, it's going to really counteract what I just said about how I feel about the King Shark character, just because I thought it was such a great villain for the Flash. But I wouldn't mind if they went more campy and kind of a little more outrageous and a little bit more off the beaten path with whichever way they're going to continue here. Because if you look at something like Doom Patrol. That's just odd and fun and different, and I don't mind that, and maybe that's the lane they need to take, but it's a movie I'm going to be watching for sure. Can't wait for it. Um, looks looks very exciting. Yeah, Dave? It looks like a extremely fun movie. Uh, infinitely better than the first version that came out. There's no doubt about that. It's still, uh, if there's any concern I have about it, it's still the uh, Harley-centric focus. You know, That's the only thing I'm kind of concerned with because whenever they shift the focus to her things kind of you you lose the development of the other characters i'm not so worried about that with james gunn but you could tell she's still very central to this story but it looks like a lot of fun it looks infinitely better than the first one so i'm i'm definitely looking forward to seeing it ray before you jump in i was wrong king shark is voiced by sylvester stallone physically portrayed by steve agee who also plays the warden of Bell Rev. Okay. But so I know just, in the trailer when he says hand, it sounded a lot like Stallone. Yeah, you were right. I was wrong. Stallone is not the one doing the the physical work. More points for Twice? Ray this week. Wow. Twice in one I, episode? I am confident and competent enough in myself to admit when I'm not right. Right. I appreciate that. I will remember this day. Good. The day that will you live should, in infamy. Because it'll be the one day it happens. The, the Harley Quinn point is interesting to me because I mean you're you're right, but I I think the it works well in the movie she's been thrust in because the movie she's been thrust first and foremost Margot Robbie is a gem and she plays the Harley Quinn character perfectly. The only thing I don't like about the character is because I'm so used to that voice and she doesn't do it, but that's okay. 
ultimately because she says the words that she needs to say correctly. When she says Mr. J, she says it a certain way and stuff like that. But the beauty of this movie and Suicide, Suicide Squad as a medium is that the whole point is everybody going to die. Like, only a few continue to live and move on to the next, but the majority of people die. So ultimately, in that thought, the only ones that matter are Harley, uh, Flag, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, King Shark, and uh, and uh, Wanker as um, Jai Court, uh, Boomerang. Everybody else probably gonna die. Eh. So we Boomerang doesn't need many lines to know that he is an asshole. We don't need much of that. We know who Flag is. Clearly, three minutes of a trailer showed you who the hell Peacemaker is. You know, so like I, I feel where you're coming from, but. I, I don't think it's as big a deal because we're going to get to know those other characters for about five, ten minutes and they're going to die. And we're not going to care by the end of the movie because it's going to be great. Well, I think James Gunn will balance it out much better than the first go around where it was all about Harley or Birds of Prey, which was. I so- disagree entirely. Suicide Squad, the first one was not all about Harley. It was definitely all about Will Smith. And it was about that shot. It was more about that shot. It was about that shot, man. Like- I would agree with that. But but the Will Smith, it's Will Smith movies are about Will Smith. It's just what it is. Right. I mean, Birds of Prey was Harley's movie for the record. Yeah, that was absolutely, just, absolutely. Like so much so that they changed the name of the movie to Harley Quinn. Uh, I yeah, I I think that to to go back to the original Suicide Squad, I would say that it's it was definitely Will Smith, and then I would say Harley was like one B because you had the whole Joker bit and. I, I still don't like Jared Leto as Joker in uh, no matter what his iteration is. Can somebody explain to me what Pokemon, Polka Dot Man's power is? Because I, I don't know. I'm not a DC guy. so To cut promos like Dusty Rhodes? No, that's not uh, it? Uh, no, like, he, what does he do? He has, he has the ability to wear something with stripes as well, and it doesn't clash. That's also exciting. Does, does nobody know? Like I'm, I'm legit asking. I'm looking at We just told you two things. We just, hey, does anybody know we gave you two things and you didn't like them? Did you research these things? I just, no. Did he grow up with living through hard times? Is he the son of a plumber to go okay. back to the Maybe his family you... invented dipping dots. Oh, shut up. Okay, we're plaid, baby. <laughs> do you really want the answer to this? I do want to know. I want, to, I want the answer, yes. Okay, so this is Wikipedia uh, Powers and Abilities for Polka Dot Man. When he created his costume, Abner, Abner Krill possessed advanced technology in the form of the costume's polka dots, which were controlled through the costume's belt. When attached to his costume, they were inert, but once removed, they would enlarge in size and become various different devices which could aid in his crime sprees, most notably a flying saucer, which he used as a getaway vehicle. And then they explain what some of the colored dots mean. If you want me to tell you that too, I can. No, I don't, I don't need to go that far, but that, yeah. that helps me. I'm good. I was worried he was going to be like the spot in Marvel, you know, where he's covered in dots. He throws and he makes portals to be able to travel through and 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 move on from there. So, okay, I'm assuming this is a a day of release viewing for at least three out of the four of us. Would that be fair? Except for Tony, because he doesn't want to pay for anything. So, you know, it's going to be thirty bucks for this one. This is crap. Anybody want to put me on Skype while you're watching it? Just point your laptop right at the screen. 
Maybe I'll wait for DP to do it. Then I can watch it on 120 inch HD. It'll, yeah. it'll actually seem yeah, like I'm watching just, it. By then, the pandemic will probably be over and you can go to DP's and watch it on his in the Thunderdome. Right. Yeah. Dave, I meant to ask you, because um, you had asked us, did you did you invest in Disney Plus? Like the premier the premium content, the like premiere thing. By the time Black Widow comes out, I will. You will spend the thirty dollars for Black Widow? Yes, which I noticed you know, was not on your rundown, which I'm not sure how we don't talk about relax. All right. Relax. All right. Relax. I'm relaxed. Relax. There's doing... some surprises in this week's rundown. I'm doing Zen relax. right now. Zen. Usa. Usa. Get to your happy place. Get to your happy place. I'm gonna channel my Phil Jackson meditation tapes. I know we talked about the Washington Wizards this morning on Chair Shot Radio, but like it's okay. It's and then okay. the fuckers Kenny go out Smith, and win. Wear a blazer. God damn! Then they go and won. <laughs> yeah, the Bulls took all their new talent and promptly lost. But let's move on. We've got so we've got way too much news to to sit here and dwell on this. DC did make a couple of casting announcements. One was a one was an older announcement that finally just sort of hit the mainstream news, and that's in regards to the upcoming Flash movie. And this was this was a casting decision made not so much because of a dissatisfaction with the author, but more or um, the actor, but more of a scheduling conflict based on everything that I've read. And that is that um, Henry Allen, Barry Allen's father, originally played in uh, Justice League by Billy Crudup, has been replaced by Ron Livingston. Now I think of ron livingston in the context of his character from the movie office space where he plays um he plays the main character and i'm gonna peter he plays peter in in office space he's i know him much more for his comedic acting roles that was you know three decades ago though he's he's put together quite the career since um thoughts on this what billy credit had such a small minor role in Justice League. It's kind of hard to see where they were going to go with the character, other than he wanted his son to be, you know, he wanted his son to to kind of find a direction in life. So I don't know. Let's uh, let's start with you, Dave. What do you what do you think of this this bit of casting news? What do you think of Ron Livingston as a father figure for Ezra Miller? I, okay, that's kind of my reaction to it. I I don't okay. I just don't see him having a major role. I mean, even if you look at the uh, either cut of the Justice League. He really didn't have a huge role in either one of those. I mean, it's it's Flash's Barry's motivation to show his dad that, you know, he's one of the great ones and that sort of thing. OK, you know, that sort of thing is fine. But I, I don't I don't know if the casting I mean, I have no problem with the casting decision. I just don't know how impactful it's going to be as far so, as that movie's concerned. Can I can I ask I want to ask a quick question about this, because based on what I understand, Henry's in prison because he's been found guilty for killing right Barry's, he, mother? Barry's mom yes yeah. so yeah so basically ian barthon goes back in time and kills barry's mother but it's happened so it's fast that they can't they can't catch him so then the father goes to jail for it and then you have flash the rest of his life barry allen trying to that's why he's into uh csi and everything else and so that's that's the gist of that Right, and Barry spends a lot of his time trying to prove his father's innocence, which he's largely unsuccessful well, at. And and depending and, on what the what's the storyline for this movie, because if that's the main part of it, is Barry Allen trying to, you know, prove that his father's innocence, then we could actually see Ron Livingston having a big role in this movie. I didn't particularly like who played uh, 
Crudup played him before? And yeah, I he, he was fine, but I mean, I guess I was used to who 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 originally played the Flash that played Barry Allen's father in in CW. Um, you the old know. Flash. I remember. You'd know better than I would. Gosh, I can't remember. I can't remember his name, but I know who you're talking about from the original CBS series. Like he was, yeah. I'm so used to him, but I can see Ron Livingston being better. I mean, it it depends. Like you said, how much of this is going to be in the storyline coming up? I mean, if they're going Flashpoint on us, that and that's suspected that they're going to go Flashpoint because you got Ben Affleck's Batman and And Michael Michael Keaton, Keaton. so that certainly lends credence to the Flashpoint theory. And that's centered all on Barry preventing his mother's murder. So maybe he's going to have a bigger role than we thought. Would you love a secret like cameo by Jack Nicholson as well? <laughs> yes. Sign me up. Well, if we're going to stick to Flashpoint, if we've already seen Bruce Wayne, Ben Affleck, Bruce Wayne's parents, and it's um, uh, Negan, and I can't remember my boy's name at the t- at the moment. And uh, Maggie from The Walking Dead—that's his parents, Lauren Cohan. And what's what's my, what's nigga's name? Jeffrey Dean John- Stanton. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Morgan. Yes, Morgan, not Stanton. Technically, if we're going Flashpoint, Batman's supposed to be Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and Joker's supposed to be Lauren Cohan. If that's where we're going, maybe you know Thomas Wayne is is Batman in Flashpoint, right? So it's Bruce's dad. Thomas Wayne. Thomas Wayne is Flashpoint, and Tom and Martha Wayne is the Joker. I don't know if we're going to get Flashpoint though. I think we're going to get more into the multiverse. I think that's where you're going to see the the whole thing where you're getting different universes colliding together. I know that's all part of Flashpoint, but I don't think that I think that's the part of it you're going to get. We might be discussing that a little bit later on with Patrick's rundown. So let, let's right. table that conversation. <laughs> Hold that thought. All that thought. Yeah, that's a good point. By the way, I do love that the, that a piece of casting news can take us into speculation land. And I'm going to ask you to keep doing that with the other bit of spe- uh, news, because we also got a casting announcement out of Shazam 2. Shazam Fury of the Gods announced that Academy Award winning actress Dame Helen Mirren will play Hespera, a daughter of Atlas, who is apparently one of the film's villains. Here's where this gets interesting, though. It's a character that's new to DC lore, and there's no real indication of how she'll fit into the story. So my question to you all, does this make sense of this? Does does this make sense to completely introduce uh, an unknown entity into a superhero movie? Who's who's directing this? Um. David F. Sandberg, the director of the original. Okay, so that and, and whoever's go ahead and write writing this in here, they're going to have to be a really good Scrabble player because when you get a blank tile, it's only worth what you do with it. So first and foremost, Dame Helen Mirren is one of the best actors in the earth. Oh, thank So anything she does. I mean, watch her in Red, watch her in... Um, the Fast and the Furious movies. She's fantastic when she has to be um, not only an antagonist, but physical. I don't mind new characters being added to these, like, nobody knows Black Adam. Like, the backstory, most of us don't know that. You know, and no, I, mean, I know we're bandwagon nerds, we're nerds here, so, I mean, Dave, I'm sure, can tell you everything about Black Adam and, and 
you know, the Panda <laughs> hack and all this stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I, when I watched Shazam, I know Shazam. I know that Shazam had a Shazam family. That was new to me. So, you know, a lot of the stuff that we know. So I don't mind that. Like, you can take liberties, I think, with, like, some of these tertiary properties. And it's The Rock. It's going to sell regardless. I am disappointed, though. Disappointed because the role for Dame Helen in the DC Universe is already right there. Granny goodness. Well, I guess that's going to be table table that one, too, as well. Yep. Uh, But... I think I mean I'm I'm okay with them trying to create something new. I just don't quite understand the timing because this is going to come out after Black Adam comes out. So the natural tie-in for Shazam two should be a continuation of the Black Adam story. That's the big bad in the Shazam universe. I don't I don't understand why we're not lining up those two at that point in time. I can answer that for you. Go ahead, Ray. Because the Rock has gone on record ad nauseum multiple times that they're not going with the villainous Black Adam. They're going with the more anti-hero Black Adam. So, so by the time him is... He wants to be stone cold is what you're... Well, something like that. But I mean, they're... they're <laughs> right? Class all these years later, he wants to flip. But there is precedent because while we know Adam in many uh, iterations as a bad guy or a villain, he also is the hero of his people. And he is very much like Namor, or very much like, um, in a in a in a more twisted sense, T'Challa, the leader of a people who has to do positive and negative things for the good of his people. Doom is another guy that comes to my mind. So I imagine that you have to set him up as that, and and get the idea of him being shades of gray before you can run him and Shazam together, because when they run together. We're automatically going to think Black Adam is the bad guy, but he may not be the bad guy. They might just be fighting. He might be in the way or something. No, that makes you know that makes sense. I- I'm wondering, like the post credit scene in Shazam, uh, not the one with Superman, but the one with the caterpillar looking thing. If that's going to tie into any of this sort of stuff, um, I forgot. That's supposed they... to be that was supposed to be the villain for Shazam too, but I yeah. guess that ain't happening no more. I guess not. What's that character's name? Mind Worm or something like? I don't remember what the hell it was. I don't know. Ray's gonna get back, Mr. and he's gonna Mr. Mind or some crazy shit like that. I, yeah, I mean, Super I give him credit for trying something different. Sure, I mean, if you can create a homegrown character through the comics, by all means, knock yourself out. Well, let's look at one of the most popular characters in all of DC, uh, in all of the DC sort of fandom. That was a character created out of the Batman the animated series, and we've talked about her already. That's Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn wasn't in a comic book. Harley Quinn was a cartoon character developed in 1992. So it's not unheard of. And I think it all comes full circle to what Tony brought up at the very beginning in that, what do you do with that blank tile? Right? Like what, what do you create out of that character that makes them compelling and makes them something you want to watch? Thank you, Ray cash for pointing out the worm's name is Mr. Mind. So Dave, I think you said that in one of your one of your questions or one of your your sort of forays out there. I did. I'll take and I'll knows? take the point. Sure, I'll take the point. Right, like who know who knows who the decision makers were that were like you know maybe a talking worm was a little too much, uh, which is weird because when you look at how successful Marvel was with a tree that says I'm Groot, you would think that audiences are open to anything at the end of the day. So maybe who knows what goes on in 
a, a powers that be sort of discussion round table. But Helen Mirren, you can't go wrong with Helen Mirren, right? Yeah, if you're right. going to have a blank tile, <laughs> I mean, who else would you want right. holding anybody, that tile? If there's anybody that can sink their teeth into a role like this, to me, it's as, it's as inspired a casting as Kate Blanchett was for Thor Ragnarok as hell. Like, and, and that was a known character, but same sort of idea. It's just like, Jesus, if you want to pick out a, a home run hitter, a big bat to carry your your film as a villain, he couldn't do much worse than Helen Mirren. And let's not forget, Rock and Helen Mirren have a very good working relationship because she is the mother to the Shaws. So, oh yeah, totally. So they already know each other very well. I'm sure he just made exactly. a call and said, "Do you want to be a part of this?" So, absolutely. So, good news coming out of the DC universe here, and we're going to talk about this when we get to the to the next side of the break on the other side of the break. But maintaining momentum, I would say, on the film side of things for DC, like I think they've got good buzz and I think they've got good momentum. And clearly, I'm in the minority when it comes to Zack Snyder's Justice League, and that's okay. The momentum is there. And I think DC's trying to capitalize it on a big way. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Before we go to the next commercial, I do have to do my duty and remind you all that if you love the content that we're putting out, if you love hearing us each and every day, and you want to keep us up and on the airwaves, head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shirt and invest in a ChairShot.com shirt. We have all kinds of great designs out there for you. Everything from hashtag journalism, hashtag safe tag team wrestling, to the OG chair shot logo, to the bandwagon nerds official t-shirt, as well as the part as the other nerdy show we got on here, the entertainment show, A Winner Is You. Lots of great stuff out there. Variety, all shapes and sizes. And yeah, just worth the time. We love the support we get from each and every one of you. You can get it in a standard style for $19.99, or if you're feeling fancy, you can spend a few bucks more and get it soft style. Again, that is prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. And as Christopher Platt would say, please and thank you. Thank you and please. When we come back, a big shakeup continues in the world of comics publishing. And then we're going to talk some Snyderverse. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Promotional um. consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. All right, and we are back so i've got a couple of topics that i want to talk about before we get to the big one the first one is actually on your rundown i shared this earlier in the week but about a year ago we sat on these airwaves and we talked about one of the biggest shakeups that happened in the world of hard copy comic book publishing in dc breaking away from diamond publishing and finding a new outlet for their primary distribution and publishing needs. Well, this week, I think the final nail in the coffin for Diamond Publishing, at least in regards to comic books, came down as the other biggie, Marvel, has now announced that its distribution is going to shift away from Diamond Publishing over to Random House, or sorry, Penguin Random House. Dave, what else does Diamond even publish? Do we know? I have no idea. <laughs> does it matter? When you lose the two big, the big two in the span of a year, I don't think it really matters what else you're publishing. You're on borrowed time. But I mean, they were they were such a monopoly for so many years that this is this is what happens, you know. Sooner or later, that stuff gets broken up, and that's what you're seeing right now. Well, hey, what it what's really interesting to me is that this took away you mentioned the monopoly. This was kind of the last middle finger that the comics industry and the big the big two really could give to Diamond Publishing. So for those of you who don't know, back in the 90s, early 90s, when all of this broke down, because in 92 or somewhere in there, that's when Diamond Publishing basically 
took Marvel and DC and grabbed them by the balls and said, publish through us. Because what they did is while DC and Marvel were struggling after the kind of the bubble burst in this big swell of comic publishing, Diamond quietly started buying up all the outlets that DC and Marvel could use to distribute their material and became the exclusive um, source for the brick and mortar comic book store. And when Marvel and DC had contracts run out and were looking to renew, the only place they could go was Diamond Publishing. And because the bubble had burst and both companies were in serious financial trouble, and I don't think, I think it would be an interesting show someday to just do a deep dive into how close we came to seeing the end of Marvel and DC Comics, because it was close. Diamond was the one that was there and said, well, we'll distribute you and you'll, you'll come to our terms. That power dynamic has completely shifted. And I think we have, we all know why, right? It's film. Film and television has has crushed what was once a powerful company. And and, and I I think you gotta factor in digital comics as well. That has not helped oh, their situation. Yeah. That's how I buy all that's how I buy my comics. Me I don't think I've ever bought a physical comic. And, and in I my mean life. and I mean it's important to note, we've all talked about it. I have I have nothing against comic stores. I want them all to succeed madly. I, I love going into comic stores and looking around. It's rare that I'll buy a physical comic just because, you know, you can get them in in, in on Comicsology or anything. Now, like something like uh, what we talked about earlier, the Isaiah Bradley story, Truth, Red, White, and Black. You can't get that on Comicsology. So something like that, you'd have to go to like Amazon, and you can't even get it on Amazon except used. You'd have to go to a comic store to try and find that sort of product. So. But, but even then, it'd be a graphic novel because well, unless yeah. you want to get it issue by issue. Or a trade paperback, right. yeah. Right, exactly, exactly. I mean, but that, I think digital comics have had a major impact and a shift in the industry that while this move, like you're talking about, Pat, is probably the death knell for Pet, uh, for uh, Diamond, uh, these other two companies that are jumping into the fray, it's like, guys, you got some problems to overcome as well because a lot of this is oh. being consumed digitally right now. Right, but I also think you look at, like, in Marvel in particular, Penguin slash Random House, like, that's a known publishing company. Like, they weren't, they're adding comics to their benefit, however small that niche may be, as opposed to Diamond, where that was their business. And I think that's the other big thing, is, like, Penguin slash Random House probably got a pretty good deal out of it, even though Marvel took their ball and went home. But they probably got something that was a bit more mutually beneficial. But Penguin slash Random House, I don't think they needed comics. I think what they see is, hey, this is a really hot commodity. Hey, look what WandaVision did for comic sales for those characters. Maybe this is an opportunity for for us as maybe there is a renewed interest. Like To me, it's a low-risk gamble for Penguin slash Random House. Like They... If it if it pans out, great. If it doesn't, whatever. We cut our losses and we move on to publishing textbooks again. I agree completely with what you said about the low risk because they their money, unlike Diamond, isn't all put into comics. So if if Marvel and DC don't have tremendous sales that are breaking the bank, they're still set financially because most they have so much of their money tied in other products and other publishing rights. But I've mentioned this to you guys multiple times, and I'm really curious, especially now with the start of Phase 4. 
and with these new mediums with these lesser known characters like Wanda, Wanda and Vision and Speed and Wiccan and now Sam and Falcon and even Eli and uh, Elijah Bradley or, or not Elijah but Isaiah Bradley do we really think that the rise of the MCU and the DCEU now has really created a boom in comics in buying physical comics anymore again well, we talked about this. Were you were you at the show? Maybe it was one of the ones that you missed. But there was a, an interesting headline that, and I, and it was WandaVision in particular. It was the first that I'd heard of this, where the show generated so much interest in the characters and the stories behind them that okay. Marvel actually had to reprint or actually went and put back to print a bunch of these stories because they were selling out. Okay. And so that's why, like, I think it's a relatively recent phenomenon. We talked about it. it would be interesting to see what happened with the Infinity Saga books, like those three storylines, to see if that really created a boost in sales for the most overrated comic story in history. Um, but the, the the WandaVision story, I think, was the first I'd really heard about it. So, I, I like I said, I think it's a low-risk, high-reward thing for Penguin. Because if it works, great. Yeah, agree. Agree totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do Go think ahead. that the, you know, now you got this stuff rolling out for phase four, like Ray's saying, you've got renewed interest in the DCEU. Uh, that should be a good engine for the comics industry. Maybe not the physical stuff yet, but the industry in general should see somewhat of a resurgence, I would imagine. And the beauty of it is that. Superman's going to sell, Batman's going to sell, Wonder Woman's going to sell, Justice League, Avengers are going to sell, X-Men are going to sell. You're big, Spider-Man's going to sell. But now you're bringing, all, damn near all of Phase 4 is about lesser known characters. Chang chi is coming up next, right? Black Widow, yeah, as, yeah. as an exponential character on her own, who brings up Yelena Belova and the Red Guardian. These are popping up. Like So many of these lesser known characters are getting the spotlight in phase four, which right. only behooves a company like Penguin Random House, because if the, if what you said about One Division really is truly happening, and I'm I can only imagine it's gonna further with Sam and Bucky, it's match what's gonna do for these other for these other well, properties. Yeah, and you make the point that I was going to make, and that is that I think that I think there's probably an argument that for the first three phases of Marvel, you were dealing with known commodities, right? For the most part, whether it was Captain America, who's like Iron Man's probably the exception. Actually, out of the whole group, Iron Man, I remember when it was announced that that was going to be the first big Marvel movie. And I was like, okay, I, I guess. And they turned iron man into because he's he wasn't the character he is before the movies like if you go back and look at comic books like he had great storylines he was a member of the avengers he wasn't the heart and soul of the avengers he, he no, was he was but he guy. was he was the founder he, turned him he into was Batman. like yeah but he, he was, was but again he had a he had a cartoon like if you get a cartoon in those days you're yeah, somewhat important but let me ask you this question did uh, outside of you, did people watch the cartoon that lasted less than a whole season? 
That's like 13 no. episodes on Disney Plus. Thank you. So that tells you all you need to know about the viability of Iron Man. Give Patrick a point there. Give Patrick a point there. Thank you. That's one for me. Anyway, but out of out of those core characters, yeah, people knew who Captain America was. People definitely knew who the Hulk was. Spider-Man when he came along. Like Thor was another one. Like Thor was a, a tertiary character. Frankly, Marvel should be uh, Marvel is actually relatively impressive when you consider what they did make something out of with kind of their quote unquote side gigs, considering the X-Men, their real moneymaker, was under the control of Fox. And Spider-Man was under the thumb of Sony. So I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm full of shit. Because at the end of this, like I don't know what kind of renewed interest was thrown into those those original characters, but they felt like more known commodities. Doctor Strange, who who knew anything about Doctor Strange? Guardian. Um, Guardians of the well, Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Absolutely. Black Widow. Black Widow's got a whole movie coming out. No one knew shit about Black Widow before she shows right. up in Iron Man two or three. Scott Lang. Not yes. not Hank Pym. Yes. But Scott Lang that man. Right. That's yeah, yeah, you're you're right. You're right. Okay. So I mentioned this when we went into the commercial break, that there was a piece of news that dropped overnight that I wanted to share with you guys. And I just put this link in the chat that we all share. I'm sure that you all heard the beep noble listener as I dropped it in, but the name of the article is funny. Cause I saw it. I was like, okay, it's called what the fuck comic-con. So comic-con international San Diego had announced that they're going to do a virtual convention over the summer. However, they've now made an announcement and they did this o- overnight that they're going to try and hold a small, I'm going to put that in air quotes, in-person con in November over Thanksgiving weekend. Now, this person is pissed about it. Um, So we're not going to, like, I only share it because of the news bite. But instant reaction to an in-person San Diego Comic-Con in November on November 26th through the 28th, 2021, at the San Diego Convention Center. Yeah, what it's going to do is make it more likely that local people attend and not people from all over everywhere, which is probably a good thing. So, yeah, I don't know. Have some patience. Everything's going to open it back up eventually. So, you can't go in November in San Diego. Cry me a fucking river. So, does the PC today stand for positive criticism? Because that was very positive. I'm going the absolute other way. Please go the other way, Ray. Let, let's please go the absolute other way. <laughs> I think it's dumb as hell. I I I understand the idea that vaccine is getting out by the by the end of the summer. The majority of people who believe or care to get the vaccine will have been vaccinated in some form or fashion. Where. It seems like we're trying to get back to normal unless wave five, six, seven, eight, nine of this damn virus keeps, you know, growing and changing. But Thanksgiving is such a shitty holiday to do anything. It's just <laughs> a holiday. If you really cared about a multi-day holiday, Labor Day is right there. Labor Day weekend. We don't do nothing but barbecue. Or let's, actually, or let's like weekend. not yeah, do a holiday weekend. How about that? If you want to get real about it. Or that. I mean, I I agree with I I expect by November, by Thanksgiving, hopefully the pandemic's more under control. But even if it is, 
<laughs> if you've gone two years without having San Diego Comic Con, and then you're going to open it up to people and hope it's going to be air quoting small, <laughs> fucking San Diego Comic Con on Thanksgiving weekend. There's not going to be anything <laughs> small about that. They're going to have a record number of turnout unless you're limiting uh, deliberately limiting ticket sales to do crowd control. But if they don't do that, you're talking two years without San Diego Comic-Con. People are going to lose their goddamn minds. Whether it's uh, even if Tun- like Tony say, even if it's just local, just Californians, forget about it. There's going to be uh, this state is the most populous state in the union. <laughs> so people are going to go in mammoth numbers. Because uh, half of the state doesn't give a shit about coronavirus anymore anyway. So they're going to show up. You say, oh, this is open for business. Hey, babe, we don't need turkey, do we? No, let's go to Comic-Con. Fuck it. It's going to be. <laughs> fuck that turkey. Yeah, fuck that <laughs> turkey. It's going to be interesting. There's the title for this episode, Patrick. Bandwagon nerds. Fuck that turkey. It's one of the least delicious birds in the world. As opposed hey, to. Just start naming birds. The... I guarantee you they're more delicious than a fucking dry ass turkey. You may be right, but society has convinced us that it's delicious on the fourth Thursday of November. I like turkey. I do too, Pat. Don't be embarrassed about it. It's all right. Almost no, I, I I feel like I've just been shamed to admitting that I I like turkey better. It's, like it's better than ro- any more much delicious birds. Look, it's better than roast cock. That's all I'll say. So let's go on. Uh, Dave, nope. Dave Dave's mind completely in the gutter today. Not biting on that one. Yeah. Ah, oh, unintended. Let's let's get to my concern versus Ray's never gonna happen. It's been a week. I will say I've viewed I have actually viewed Zack Snyder's Justice League more than once at this point. I've liked it less every time I've watched it for many of the for many of the reasons listed in uh this week's nerd review. By the way, check out this week's nerd review and you can catch myself and David Ungar's vastly different opinions of Zack Snyder's Justice League. I don't hate the movie I think it's a good movie. I rated it higher than a 2.5 and anything over than a 2.5 out of five in my book is good because that is better than medium, the median. However, I, I don't, I don't love it. I'm in the minority. People are going nuts for this thing. People are raving about this thing. And as of three days ago, the hashtag of something along the lines of, unleash or release the Snyderverse restore has hit restore the Snyderverse has hit over 1 million tweets. Now in the land of Twitter, that's relatively trending. If I were to say so myself thought I'm going to, I'm going to ask this in a couple of different ways. One, I want to get your thoughts on the likelihood of a Snyderverse hitting theaters, hitting the world in any way, shape, or form. I already see Ray's opinion, and I'll disagree. I'm going to disagree with Ray, and I'm going to tell him why um, after he after we after we have this. But my other question is, if a Snyderverse were to happen, speculate away on what that would be. Ray Cash, you put up the big fat goose egg. We'll start with this. We're not going to do the speculation part first. Your reasons as to why a Snyderverse will not happen. 
the same. I'm, it's it's going to be hilarious because I'm going to say the same reason that you're going to say the re- for you're going that you're going to say for it happening. Money. Let me explain what I mean. Zack Snyder's Justice League movie, which was very largely, if not solely, because of fans. To your point about this, was it didn't hurt it didn't hurt the company, didn't hurt DC, didn't hurt HBO Max, it didn't hurt Warner Brothers because it was a standalone, almost thank you to fans thrown on something just for extra content. For them to restore the Snyderverse means that they have to change, remove, and redo six or seven mediums already in works. There are movies already being filmed, already being developed, already being casted for, that would then need to be completely redone just to acquiesce some fans. Now, I want, I want to explain the difference of what I'm saying. Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League, was acquiescing to fans. But the acquiescence did not affect anything other than the fans were happy. It didn't affect the bottom line. It didn't affect any casting. It didn't affect anything. Changing and restoring the Snyderverse and changing an entire plan for six, seven years down the line, or let's be even more, let's be more realistic. Two, three years down the line is going to fundamentally hurt the business of Warner Brothers. They don't let they don't they don't let their bottom line be changed or affected unless it's positive. So that's it's just never happening. Dave, <sighs> as part of my job, people always ask me. One of the things they ask is, "What are our probabilities of prevailing on this case?" So I'm used to giving these percentages, and in my industry, we usually come out on the short end of things because it's slanted to the other side. But I would give this the chances of the Snyderverse being restored are at best 20%. I'll be a little bit more liberal than Ray simply because there is a, like you said, Pat, I mean, there's been a deafening (laughs) call to restore the Snyder first. The problem with that is that when that deafening call is falling on ears that are already deaf, then you've got a problem (laughs) because they're not going to hear it anyway. And, And Ray's Ray's right. You've got the WB. He already has plans set up. They've come out and said the Snyder verse is not canon, which is a problem when you're saying that the shitty version that everybody's rejecting is canon. Okay. Now you've really created some issues. You've got significant bridges burned between Zack Snyder and WB. Yes. They re- they repaired some of that, but when Ray says they, they had nothing to lose by this, they had so much to gain by this. I mean, how many subscriptions did they possibly gain to HBO Max from people wanting to see this? How much goodwill did they repair with their fans by putting this out? Now, yes, those fans want to see this done, but it just it's there's too many obstacles to overcome. You're talking getting Henry Cavill back in for multiple films, possibly. You're talking about getting Ben Affleck in for multiple films, possibly. Ray Fisher's gone. Gal Gadot, we don't know what her status is. How do you tie in Jason Momoa? How do you tie in the stuff they're doing with Shazam, with Black Adam, with Matt Reeves, Batman? You got all these things going on that, how do you reconcile all that? And and that's... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Keep going, Dave. No, I'm just saying, I I mean, I, I have an idea how you could possibly do it, which is the speculation part. I don't know if you want me to go there yet, but... No, don't speculate yet. All right. That's that. I just right. I, I think there's too many obstacles for them to overcome to restore this thing 
um, the way that they want. And it gets confusing. What's canon? What's not? I mean, fucking it's like Star Wars now. And we know how you love Rise of Skywalker, Pat. So now you're going down that rabbit hole. And and I want to back up Dave real quick on what he's saying. I'm reading. This is an article from Collider. This is a list of all upcoming DC movies that are planned and either planned or in development right now. Just as of March 19th is when this was updated. The Suicide Squad, The Batman, The Flash, Aquaman 2, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, Black Adam, Wonder Woman 3, The Trench, Untitled Superman Reboot, Batgirl, The New Gods, Black Hawk, an untitled Jared Leto Joker movie, apparently. An untitled Joker slash Harley Quinn movie, apparently. Supergirl. Nightwing. Want me to keep going? Justice League Dark. Gotham City Sirens. A Man of Steel sequel that's still untitled. Deathstroke's getting a movie. Lobo is getting a movie. Yes. All of that has to be changed just to acquiesce. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Well, it I doesn't. Will, I'll say this. there Before we get there. We're, we're going to talk about there are two of the movies that Ray listed that could be entry points to restore the Snyderverse. And I'll leave it at that. But two of them, I could see them Here. if they wanted to. Here's where you can get it in. So here's why I think this is possible. Here's why I think you guys are thinking too hard on this. You can still make all those movies and still do as as Zack Snyder. By the way, Tony, did you did you want to contribute? Are you good? Uh, are you good being the live studio audience for this conversation? He's I, like, I have. I'll throw my thoughts in when you guys are all done. You're making a lot of points that I would have made, so I'm kind of I'm kind so, of going to be. I probably would lie somewhere in between where you're about to go and where they are. So here here's here's my thing. You're too, as my kid is screaming at Splatoon 2 in the background. Uh, I'm sorry. Splatoon? <laughs> Splatoon. Oh, the, I thought I said, did they, they make a sequel game. to Platoon? Fuck, I missed that one. Anyway, go ahead, Pat. Yes, I let my kid watch Platoon. Father <laughs> of the Year material, it. baby. What are you, what are you, Tony's grandparents? Right. We talked about this. We've talked about this with DC on multiple occasions. This Hang up on this idea that DC wants some singular, unified universe, which they have not. They've they've sort of tried, but have not ever really built. And within the last couple of years, they've said, fuck it, and just made whatever they want to make. A bunch of those movies that Ray just listed off have no connection to each other in any way, shape, or form. And so if the Snyderverse Justice League can exist in a vacuum, you can create Snyderverse films in a similar vacuum. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying it's going to be cheap. But I'm going to say that it's possible. And I'm going to say that money can talk. And if there's money there, they might try to find a way to repair those bridges. They might find a way to work with Henry Cavill's schedule. They might find a way to get Ben Huflack back 
and under the cow. Sorry, that's a Saturday Night Live joke from oh. the Mango. The Mango. Oh. There's an episode where Ben Affleck shows up and he calls Ben Affleck Ben Hooflack. It's very very funny. You have to okay. check it out. Ben Hooflack. Um, and so I don't want you all to walk away from this thinking that Patrick O'Dowd said yes, this is a thing that is going to happen. I would say that if this and, and if you'll recall. For four years, DC said no. DC said Josh Joss Whedon's version is it. Joss Whedon's version is what we're going to run with and that we will never speak of this again. Now, will it happen? Maybe. But I think that you can't deny that clamoring. And because Warner Brothers buckled like a belt the first time, if... I, I wouldn't be surprised if at the very least they didn't explore it. I wouldn't be surprised at the very least if they didn't send out feelers to see if they could tell that dark future timeline that you see and maybe let Zack Snyder make a trilogy. Maybe he just makes a trilogy of Justice League movies. Justice League movies. I mean, I'll play devil's advocate here a little bit with, with me and you, Ray. Pat raises a good point that it, it, let's let's say that like you say, there is no continuity to the DCEU, right? But let's say that they decide to create a side continuity involving Zach's films. And really, at that point, they might be playing with house money because if they're successful on the other side, which is the, we'll call it a continuity, loosely connected continuity, stemming off of Joss Whedon's Justice League, and then decide, you know what, we're going to let Zach run. This shit over here is not canon. It doesn't affect anything we're doing because if it tanks, then we can just... Plausible deniability. It's not ours. It's his. You guys wanted it. It sucks. Uh, but if it's good and it makes money and it's no risk, they were they're saying, well, it's really not continuity. It's a separate universe. I mean, <laughs> they could say it's a multiverse, you know, and they say, well, we got this universe over here. We got this universe over here. It's it's possible. I still don't. I still think there are too many obstacles to overcome. But I mean, Pat raises a point that, and it and it ties into what we've been saying, right? Money talks. If they think that there's money involved here, they could say, "All right, Zach, I tell you what, we're gonna let you roll with this thing. We're not gonna interfere with our other projects. If you, but it's all on you. You get Henry signed on. You get fucking Ben in here. You get all these other people in here. Sure, we'll back you. It's possible, unlikely, but possible." Let me give my last retort, and then I really want Tony to jump in because we've kind of not allowed him to speak the majority of this conversation. Seen, not heard. Seen, not heard. <laughs> trust trust me. Actually, this is a radio show. Not even seen. <laughs> hey, just go ahead. So, I, I I think there's zero chance, but anything is possible. Yes, I. They, you can literally you can do anything in 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 the world of. Uh, you can do any in the world of entertainment. So yes, I I completely admit that, and I never not admitted that. But it's just I just don't. I think it's there's possibility and there's plausibility. It's zero percent plausible. Let me go into a little more depth of why I believe so, because you keep guys keep saying something that is, in my opinion, just flat out wrong. You keep saying that all of these DC movies that I named have no connective tissue. You're wrong. We don't That's see it though. There's been no previous connective. There's been no real previous connective tissue in previous DC movies. Wonder Woman as a film exists outside of the out of the Justice League, like it does. No, it doesn't. Aquaman, uh, yeah, it does. It actually, does. Other than the characters, the same. Where does it connect? Really, outside of the characters. Wonder Woman there, one. 
Oh, Wonder Woman 2. Both yes. of them, actually. Okay. They're both, I'll tell you. They're both prequels to the Justice League. They're prequels. Watch the Wonder Woman movie. All you remember is the part of her in, one, in World War One or World, whatever World War that was. But the beginning and the end shows her in present time reminiscing. The whole thing is reminiscence of what happened well, at that time. The picture from Wonder Woman shows up in BVS. That's what Bruce finds. So there is there is that connective thread. Thank you. But for, to, for the future, we Marvel has kind of skewed our understanding of what connective tissue is now because they have done it so stringently and perfectly in a way that is easy for us to digest. I know every movie matters because literally the post credit scene for this movie leads into the next one and so on and so forth. And all these movies mention the same people and the same items and then we get the big ending at the end of every phase. Cool. Well, what DC has decided to do is to have a multiverse of things. So they all ultimately matter, just it's multiple things happening on multiple worlds at the same times. But it's all connected in certain ways. Flash is normally the connective tissue of these movies. Okay? So, just think about that. You can disagree with that. I respect that. But that is what they've shown. Proof positive, when they did Crisis on Infinite Earths, Flash went to multiple of every single other medium that DC has done Flash went to. Secondly, you guys keep saying follow the money, right? Well, all of the movies Henry, um, not Henry Cavill, Zack Snyder did for DC before this, in this DCEU, undersold. Batman vs. Superman was a flop. Yeah, because it's a terrible movie. Okay, that's fine. That was all Zack, that was all Zack, Zack Snyder. Man of oh, Steel. I agree. Zack is a terrible director. So what I'm saying <laughs> is, this is about... you, your, your guys is, your, you guys' summation of, well, this movie did this, so maybe they'll let Zack Snyder do this in his own world. Ain't gonna happen. Not Tony. Ain't gonna happen if they've already shown so, he ain't proven to be a guy who can draw this money for this company. And the reason I keep saying the Snyderverse isn't gonna happen is because the Snyderverse is, is Marvel's universe. It, that it is it is linear, linearly connected. Mar DC doesn't want to do linear connections anymore. This conversation and this topic is a microcosm of the world we live in and the people who go on social media and lose their mind over everything. I'm here for all of it. All right? Do I necessarily want to see Zack Snyder's four-hour cut eight more times so that we can finish the Zack Snyder universe? Probably not. I don't. I thought he did a good job with what they gave us. I would personally, and I've said it multiple times, I'd rather see the Arrowverse that they portray on CW. It's an amazing story. And that's what DC's best thing has going on. And I'd like to go, I'm going more of the direction of the Doom Patrol, the, the weird, the quirky, the wacky. But if they're going to do it, I'm going to watch it. That's what I'm going to do, uh, Patrick. I'm here for all of it. Right. By the way. Except what for two nights of WrestleMania. Fuck that shit. It's one right. night should be what four kind of a, show. What kind of a fucked up world do we live in where a movie that makes $872 million is a failure? That that is that is a, a whole other thing because it didn't lose like Batman versus Superman didn't lose shit for Warner Brothers. It just didn't make them Marvel the yeah. cinematic universe money. So let's let's put that into perspective a this little a bit. Dumb it'll fucking make, it'll story, make but money. anyway. Well, why did you say that name? I don't know that it's going to happen. 
I do know that fan pressure can have an effect. It clearly did with the Snyderverse. I didn't even like the movies. Like, and that's the other thing. Like, I, I basically gave Zack Snyder's Justice League an okay. But you two sat on this show last week, and Dave, in a nerd review, raved about how great this movie was. Because it is. So so then why wouldn't Bart Warner Brothers explore it? Why wouldn't Warner Brothers make it happen? And because we're four hours because we're four years removed. Well But we just got it back. So now we're not four years removed. If they but were the, if they, they were the WWE, they would retcon all this shit. But you can't do that. That's anyway. the problem. Sure you can. Yeah. And but fuck you, Peacock. That's some horse shit you're pulling, by the way. Fuck. I'm so pissed uh, off about Peacock. Anyway. This is not this is not that show. All right. Well, before before Ray raises another finger and starts to fight with me again. And another and, thing. And, and we're just gonna <laughs> What are you jellyfishing? What am I supposed to do all day while you're at school? Can I use your bathroom? Who's your friend? What does claustrophobic mean? <laughs> you know what the problem is. <laughs> So my last, my question today is actually going to be a last topic for us all to cover. And it's based on something that Dave brought up that Disney finally gave Ray what he wanted. He will finally get Black Widow on July 9th as a premiere option on Disney plus, or you can go see it in the theaters. Anybody got the rock and his finally, (laughs) however, There was another news item that came out this week, and this is really what I I guess it's less of a question and just get a reaction to. I shared this in our Bandwagon Nerds chat. Ray gave it a big thumbs down. It was announced that for 2022, HBO Max and Regal Cinemas have reached a a deal to where newly released Warner Brothers movies will no longer be dropped on HBO Max starting next year. They will go directly to theaters and theaters only. My question, because I think it's a mistake. So if you don't think it's a mistake, go ahead and disagree, disagree with it. How big of a mistake is this for HBO Max? PC Tony, you go first. You've been you've been the most quiet today. I don't. It depends. It depends on what everybody else is going to do, and that's about that's about as hard down of a statement that they could make, right? Because everything's fluid. Everything is fluid right now. No one knows when this is all going to go back to normal. No one knows how, like, what it's going to mean when it is. What's the new normal going to be? They don't know how the rest of the studios are going to interact, right? So I just think the whole wait and see what happens is is kind of the best approach for me. If if this is what actually ends up happening, yeah, they're going to take some hit on on the HBO Max side, but then you'll just highlight more content that that is a new movie releases there where it's been, and that's life going back to how it was. But I don't think we're going to see that. I think it's a very fluid situation. Dave? Oh, I I mean, I don't see it being the be all end all. I, I think it's a it's an effective compromise between the two companies. I mean, that's what big companies do. They just reach a compromise on something. It's uh we'll have to see what the world looks like in twenty twenty two, whether theaters are are operating at full capacity, how many of them are left standing after this disastrous year that we've gone through. I, I, as far as a 45-day window, it's in the theaters for 45 days, and then HBO streaming, that's still, what, a good 60, 90 oh, wow. days better than we used to get. So, I mean, it's it's okay. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not complaining about it. It's like, 
if it's safe to go back to, I know like the movies theaters here in my city are mo- are opening this week. So my wife's already saying, are we going to go watch Godzilla versus Kong in the theaters? I'm like, I don't think so, but <laughs> you can knock yourself out if you want. It just, it just depends on how, how things look, how the world looks. If things are relatively back to normal, I, I think, I think both parties probably come out. Okay. On this thing. I'm, I'm going to express my point by using a bit of an analogy. Tony brought up the WWE Network and then moved to Peacock. One of the biggest mistakes WWE Network did was pricing. Because at the time they created it, the majority of us would have paid $20, $30 a month for that network. At the beginning. They set it for $9.99. And then further down the line, not only did they set it for $9.99, but they made first month free. Right? It was, I'm sorry, first, first they made that um, you don't have to sign up for any amount of time. You can, then it was first month free. So essentially you could get a month of the network for free. Right. And so now you can't now go back and say, you know what? We're raising the price. So what I'm saying, what I, I, I'm, my analogy is this. You can't go backwards. And what HBO Max has done to me is they've gone backwards because they have gone, they've doubled down so seriously to the point where now we get major movies live to tape, live to air, day it comes out at the comfort of our homes for 30 days and then it's gone and now all of a sudden you've let us get comfortable with that for a year plus and now you're going to go back on that and say no nah, that's done got to go back out there to the theaters you're alienating some of your fan base and while a lot of the alienation is very selfish it's still alienation and with all the things that my compatriot said that we don't know what the world's going to look like we don't even know if um, it's going to be okay for theaters to be as full as they are. We don't even know what the theater industry is going to look like in 2022. Are people going to want to go? Are they going to enjoy the the, the entire uh, ambiance and situation of going to a theater as opposed to being at the comfort of their homes? So I just think it's a really bad idea to make this concrete of a decision this early as March. Kind of like setting San Diego Comic Con in November, right, Ray? Let's go oh, all in, baby. Oh, hey, God. Here we go. Turkey. All right. So, as you guys try to double down on Fuck That Turkey as the title of this week's episode, Cornish Game Hens for the I, win. I actually, I, I agree with Dave and, and Tony in the sense that what I, what I think HBO Max did and what they saw was Paramount Plus, Warner Brothers is actually really who we should be talking about here. Warner Brothers saw what Paramount's doing, was like, look, people are okay with this out of Paramount as a selling point. We can walk back on this. Will they lose customers? Probably. Will they lose enough to make it hurt? Truly hurt? Probably not. And so at the end of the day, if you really want to go see the movie, you'll go see the movie in the theater. If you don't, you'll wait for the, you'll wait that 45 days. What pains me to admit on these airways is we have to recognize that Christopher Platt was a little right when he was speaking against us. Don't lie. Dude, and don't even start that kind of shit. Man. I have to deal with that like four or five times a week, bro. Don't even. What? Why would you do that? Because uh, we know he doesn't listen to this show anyway, so it's not like it's going to batter. Like, he's not going to call up and be like, I told you, gentlemen, I was correct. I pontificated on right this now. for 30 minutes to you all, and you all didn't listen to me. You melon farmers I thought I was all crazy when I was talking about content creators. You melon farmers thought I was nuts. You all thought I was talking out my ass. 
I just got a text message from him. Are you guys talking about me? Yep, his ears got hot. That was that was about as good as I could do a, a, a as far as a Christopher Platt. By the way, I'm sorry. What was wasn't very good, but I just said melon farmer a lot and y'all and figured that was enough. Take, so it takes more than that, Pat. I'm just saying. No, it doesn't really. Just say <laughs> melon farmer a lot and say y'all, and you've got Christopher Platt. I don't I don't have to have the smooth pipes, but I I know the cadence. Anyway. I, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was worth checking out. Before we go and do our once arounds and wrap up the show, I did want to bring us full circle to the 90s project, with which wrapped up last week. I got to tell you guys, this whole week I spent being like, damn it, there's another comedy I wish I would have thought of. Oh, I can't believe I forgot that one. Case in point, Swingers. Forgot Swingers. Love Swingers. One of my favorites. Watched it all the time. I don't care that it wasn't one of your favorites. It was one of my it favorites. Is. It is one of my favorites. There, there were um, there was another good example of a com- there. It's just like comedies that just kept popping up here and there. That I was like, oh, I kind of wish I'd done that. But we, throughout the '90s project, had been putting out a poll asking all of our listeners to pick winners out of our top choices, and that final playlist created. And Dave, at the end of the day, I made the executive decision to declare comedies a tie, based on the data that we had in front of us and the fact that if you look it up on a browser on your laptop, you get a tie. It's and controversial. If you look it up, it's weird. It is very but controversial. It's strange. It gives you, it gives you, yeah, noble listeners. It gives you eight movies that we can, that you all took out of our best of the best and declared your best of the best from the nineties project. And those movies were the matrix Forrest Gump, home alone, white men can't jump the fugitive, Scream, American Pie, and The Big Lebowski. So there you have it. The best of the best. We'll put it out there on the Bandwagon Nerds Twitter feed when the show drops, just so that you all can give a look-see. Thank you, everyone, for voting. And the comedies voting numbers through the roof for us, which was terrific and tells me what you all listen to and what you all watch out there. So thank you very much for voting. And please keep following us. We're actually, I think, doing a lot better just with using that account and putting stuff out there for you all to see and read and get thoughts on. So please keep it up. Keep giving a listen. That's going to do it for this week's edition of bandwagon nerds. Before we go quick, once around to the panel to tell everybody where to follow and where else you can listen to them this week, we're going to start with the Reverend Ray cash. There is one movie we missed in the best of the 90s series. And that is best overall movie. Burn gully. Uh, That is funny that it didn't make the list. How about that? Weird. You know, it's collusion. <laughs> Just can't keep a good brother down, bro. Shout out to Fargully. Uh, I'm at It's Ray Cash. R-E-Y's in Mysterio. C-A-S-H as in dollars. You can find me on the chair shot dinner every night. So, uh, yeah. Listen to some stuff. Buy some shirts. Mr. David Ungar. Well, I mean, all I'll say about the 90s project is that's a uh, hell of a watch list, actually. I mean, you could have a really good time watching those eight movies. Just anybody out there wanting to know what the 90s are all about, watch those eight. It'll be a good time. But you can follow me on Twitter at AttitudeAg, that is at AttitudeAgg, and on Facebook.com slash AttitudeOfAggression. Live studio audience, PC Tunney. Yeah, you can find me at PC Tunney. Thank you to everybody for continuing to listen to everything on the Chairshot Radio Network. We're trying to do our best and uh, keep keeping up with Chairshot Radio. We're having a good time with it. 
Mania Madness. And, and Mania Madness, yep. We just uh, dropped our la- latest episode this past Friday. We're into the 20s now, getting to some of those big-time shows, good stuff. You can follow me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. You can catch me every Sunday morning with David Ungar on the Chair Shot Radio. You can catch us every Monday, the four of us here with Bandwagon Nerds. And you can catch me every Wednesday on the Babyface Heel Podcast with Craig DeMarco and Miranda Morales. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. Now get out of the basement. Get some sun. And enjoy your streaming services while you can with those instant movies because apparently they're going away. And don't fuck that turkey. This has been Bandwagon Nerds on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. <laughs> woman what do you think man you think she'd ever go for a younger guy she's 5,000 years old Barry every guy's a younger guy why'd you give up that shield why are you making such a big deal out of something that has nothing to do with you Steve believed in you he trusted you he gave you that shield for a reason that shield that is, that is everything he stood for. That is his legacy. He gave you that shield and you threw it away like it was nothing. So maybe he was wrong about you. And if he was wrong about you, then he was wrong about me. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.